and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Cheers, queers. Today on the Big Gay Agenda, we are talking with Sanaz, <laughs> Tamjidi, and S.P. Batchelder about their short film to be The Color House. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Hello, everyone. Yeah, it's really exciting to see you guys. We're really glad we get to do this. And um, I guess we're going to get right into it. So can you tell us what The Color House is about and what inspired the project? Yeah, I well, I actually first uh, I was writing the script in my class and because I'm an MFA candidate right now uh, at Antioch University and it was my very first screenwriting class. Didn't really know anything about it because I usually write in fiction and my mentor, who is now the executive producer on the project, Colette Friedman, she's amazing. And she said, okay, like make a short film about anything you want. And I was really trying to wrap my head around what I wanted to write about. And I love writing, you know, psychological thrillers. That's what I'm used to. And I do write love stories, but I haven't really focused on it yet. And I was first thinking, oh, let's do it, you know, a story about cults and, you know, freaky rituals. And I really wanted to get into that. But it wasn't until recently when I noticed so much of these sapphic representation and different shows being canceled on so many streaming services that I'm like, okay, something's up. We need more representation. We need to have a different picture in how to view these women. And it was something that I really wanted to tackle on, like head on in the project. So the color house, it's basically these group of girls and they're kidnapped when they were very young by this man who calls himself white. And this guy is really sadistic, right? He wants to have like all their autonomy and he takes away all their identity in a sense. And he names them after colors, hence color house. And so we have red, we have silver, we have green, and they really do have like one voice, which is really creepy, you know? So you kind of get this idea that they really don't have their identity. But then you start to see like glimpses of like different moments when they're their own person, especially Red, where we like follow her story more. And it's not until they get older and they kind of break free from like this seclusion and like this prison in a way that the she falls like Red falls in love with another girl on the, the ranch house they live in. So it's basically them trying to you know, have their own humanity in a way, and they're trying to defeat the bad guy at the end, right? So it's it's a little bit of everything. There's a there's a love story in it. It's a you know very culty and it's very evocative. You know, so I it just there's just so much about it that I'm shocked myself that I came to like it was very out of the blue. I never really had this vision and like in mind to do it. So yeah. So it's a very lighthearted film. Yeah. It's super. It's a, yeah. You know, just comedic gold. <laughs> I mean, truly, it's relevant to like what's going on in the world with like focusing on like cult behaviors and stuff. So it's, it's it sounds fascinating, honestly. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Um, 
but it seems like it's a, it's a big undertaking from like script writing to like the production and all that. So we were curious, what is the, what is the process like for getting to like the production part, like of a short film? I think SP's better at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've been doing film production for a long time now, 15 years or so. Um, so, yeah, so Colette, I met Colette many years ago at a film festival in Louisiana, and we hit it off right away, who's now the producer on this project, and she reached out to me and connected me. And, I mean, I read a lot of scripts, and this script was absolutely amazing. I mean, she, Sanaz takes really big swings, with the script, which you don't, honestly, you don't see that very much. And I, in my younger years, I was, I would read scripts for development offices, you know, at Universal and all around the city. And it's like, you just see people don't take swings. They don't take risks in these scripts as my, and then I read this and I was very impressed with Sanaz just going there, you know? Um, and that's, that's the interesting thing about the script to me for sure. So the way that production works, of course, right, right now we're raising money um, on Seed and Spark, which I know Sanaz probably already sent you the link for that. She's she's quite the producer as well. <laughs> Very good job producing already. Um, all it really takes to be a really good producer is to be committed to the project. That's it. Because you produce something out of thin air, right? So um, yeah, so for physical production, we'll once uh, once we're funded, we'll go through casting and we'll go through location scouting and uh, choose what those things are going to be. And then we'll choose all of our crew and then we'll schedule it. We'll go out there. We'll make really good decisions on set, hopefully. Uh, and then we go into post. <laughs> they always say, you know, it's three different movies. The one you wrote, the one you filmed and the one you edit, right? So we'll get into post and uh, make some magic there. So your goal is, uh, according to Seed and Spark, thirty-five thousand for the film. Is mm -hmm. that just for pre-production, or it will it allow you to complete the film fully? That'll be the whole film. Yeah, that'll be the whole nice. film. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How do Many you people can't do that. Yeah, the, a lot of people can't do it for that much. But I've spent fifteen years getting better and better at making things for less money so this, <laughs> yeah i because you well it's just not sustainable you can't say i mean i just uh was involved uh with a film a short film and they did it for 75 i wasn't involved in the in the raise you know but um i just came on to help them but i'm like yeah that would be normal right that's normal so we can do it for 35 because i've spent 15 years not buying a new car and instead buying cameras and lights <laughs> and, you know, i mean i could have bought like four cars over right so um and and that stuff you know it, it lasts the lights especially last so we're and i've made you know i worked in casting for a few years and have worked in development and all these different things so you know i, I feel like filmmaking is a lifestyle it's your whole it's your whole life it's not a thing you do for a few years it's a thing you're committed to because if you spend as much time as I have trying to make things for less money, but still at a super high level, you can identify the things that cost the most amount of money, right? And you can be like, oh, well, if we could just take that down a peg, then we'd be in a better situation. We could get a better location. Maybe maybe we could afford a costume designer, things like that. So, mm. yeah. What do you think is most important in a film? Ooh. 
I have, Most I have a lot of thoughts on this one, but I'd love to hear some I know. I'm so curious about what SP said, but I think, like, for me, the most... I mean, I think I'm so biased because I'm a writer, and I feel like I'm going to obviously say, like, the plot and the story. <laughs> but, I don't know, I feel like, for me, like, whenever... I could read, like, any genre, and if I'm not even you know, I don't know anything about that genre specifically if I dive into it for the first time. And if I love the writing, if I love the story, then I'm hooked, you know, despite, you know, different things about it. But yeah, for me, it's just like, do I connect with it? And I think it also then goes along from like the characters as well. And if I see myself in any of the characters. Um, I would say that and I and my my answer has changed over the many many years. Um, I used to probably say, "Oh, the camera or the lighting or whatever." Um, I think the most important thing in a film, the final film, is its ability to connect to the audience. Mm, um, I like that because I've now made eight nine short films or something like that, and after doing festival runs and sitting through twenty thirty screenings in a festival with a hundred people in the audience and you'll go to a festival and you'll hear whether something landed. Right. And then you, you can cut it. You can edit stuff between the next one. Right. You just send them, you'd be like, Oh, Hey, we did a screening and we, you know, festivals don't really care. Festivals like to pretend like they're like, Oh, you can't change it. But like you, you totally can. So you'll cut it between <laughs> the next one. And then the next one, it, it, it lands. And you're like, very addictive to, make something that you're passionate about, right? You were passionate about the story, the story we write, and then the story we at, we shoot, which is where you are like cameras, lights, talent, performance, et cetera. And then to to scoosh that into the the film that we edit for the audience is, is a really fun thing to do. Um, I think for story, my, this is, this is subjective now. Everyone has different opinions <laughs> about story, but my personal, requirement in a story is that you need an aspirational character. So mm. you always need a character that's better than you somehow, whatever that is, because I think, and, and I'm not everybody agrees with this. There's, you know, we've got anti-heroes and I enjoy Breaking Bad as much as the next person, but also he's aspirational and he's way smarter than all of us could ever be. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's like to have an aspirational element, like you you want to watch something with about a person that's different than you in a better, bigger something way. It doesn't have to be a hundred, they don't have to be an angel, you know, but it's just something like, yeah, where he's smarter or, you know, in um, what was that? What's the TV show about House, the guy? Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Where it's like he's an asshole, but he's so good at his job and he's so brilliant that you're like, oh, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> We're good with him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you could have a main character or that you couldn't at least have some redeemable quality. Like yeah. you couldn't base a whole film around a character that everyone's gonna automatically hate. So But you'd be surprised so. how many scripts you read and there's no aspirational characters. It's fascinating. Yeah. I don't know. Why. Yeah, no, I, I love watching things that um, like the characters I connect to a lot. And I just I love to get inspired by so many things. And I think, you know, just 
just being inspired by the story, but also like the characters. Just so many times that I go to my friends, and I'm just like running on and talking about, oh, this is what happened, and this is why I like this person, and I think that's why like whenever I write stories, I'm like, okay, I really need to like understand this character. Like, how am I going to make this person likable? But I don't like perfect characters, right? Like, I love the imperfect, the flawed protagonists. So I think they're very nitty gritty. Yep. Gotta have, gotta relate to the character too. So makes sense. So what goals do you guys have for this film? I think, well, the main goal is to, from, you know, obviously pre-production standpoint is to get enough funding so we can have the vision come on, like come into life and see how it plays out. But, you know, for long run for me is, I would love people to watch this and really do feel something that maybe they weren't expecting. And I want them to be able to be like, wait, like I wasn't expecting this turn or this is such a, you know, interesting way to put a love story. (laughs) Like it's a very different environment and I want them to be entertained for sure. But I do want to touch on so many things. Right. And, uh, you know, it's loss of self, finding yourself, Uh, There's so much to even, you know, sometimes even with my own writing, I don't like to always like directly say what the problem is in the story, but like kind of infer it. And it's just you get that sense of idea, even with the script, right? You're while you're watching, you're going to watch the story, you're going to understand what's the main issue here, even though it's never addressed, right? And it's, it's so and I think that's why it also brings the audience into the story even more. Because you're kind of like one of the girls too, right? In the story where you're watching this all play out. But it's it's like um, kind of addicting to see how it, it turns out as well. But yeah, at the end, I just want people to connect with it and, and be entertained, honestly. I mean, and go to a bunch I, of festivals. And go to a bunch of festivals. <laughs> Get in a bunch of festivals. <laughs> Great See, oh, oh, spoilers now. <laughs> Political, practical goal. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and get into festivals. <laughs> well, it's, it's a wonderful festival film, right? Because it's not um, it's not super long. It's a really fun, active story, and it's you know ultimately the theme is finding love in an unexpected place, right? So. It's a beautiful play. It's a beautiful thing to to program into a festival. I think festivals will see that as well. All right. Pivoting <laughs> off the film just for a second, uh, Sanaz, we noticed that you have a BA in psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're curious what tra- what inspired you to transition from like into a writing career, and did that degree influence this film? Uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. My whole life, I was into science, and um, I still am, right? I'm very fascinated with science, and psychology is one of those I was really wanting to, like, dive into, because I love to know why people act the way they do, and thoughts, and I just want to be in people's brains sometimes, which is so weird, but... um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, my whole life, like, I was an EMT, and, I, you know, I've seen, I was trying to go to med school, and my brother's in med school, so I was, like, really, like, on that route, and I've been in, like, research labs, and even, like, the job before this, I was also doing uh, mental health research, which completely I loved, but I think at the end of the day, I kind of 
understood I was very self-aware that I wasn't really really happy with what I was doing and it wasn't like I respected you know psychology and the whole job but I felt like I always when I was a little girl I always wrote I started in poetry and I always wanted to write stories and I had so many ideas I just never had the time to do it and it wasn't until my mom she was like such a role model for me and she because she ended up doing a career change and so she was really telling me like don't do what I did and I changed my career late in life she said like do it now like I know you love to write I know this is what you want to do and when I kind of like took that step and that's when I applied to different schools right and I'm so happy that I'm with Antioch right now because they're so um, supportive of my dream and they knew where I was coming from they knew I was like very hesitant in the beginning and once I came into it oh no it was like you know just going uphill from there I was like on sky high I just wanted to write in so many different genres and it was just I feel like the, the best leap in the world and the nice thing is I use so much like of my psychology background into my writing so even in my fictional like you know novels and all that like I love to you know, dive into like different like nitty gritty like thrillers and like uh, different love stories that's like very complicated as well. So yeah, I, I'm so so in a way it worked out perfectly because I wouldn't have known how to have written these stories if it wasn't for my psychology background. But I love how it all played out. That's amazing. A little off topic, but I know Theor is wondering this too. Have oh, you ever man. seen Yellow Jackets? No, but you know what? Just so many people have told me to watch it, and I feel like I need to now. And you I definitely like, do. You definitely do. <laughs> you, yeah. d you need to watch it and then come back and talk to them about it. I was getting there. I was getting yes. there, Bree. <laughs> we're, we're, that's where we're going with this. We want to talk to somebody who knows psychology, because like, it's very... It's clear somebody with psychology was writing these characters. Just... Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah no, so, like, so many people have been telling you that. So yeah. I need to get on it. Yeah, so I'm, like, super excited for your film because, like, I, it just, it adds this other element to it when it's just explaining the behavior of characters is, like, something I just love to do for fun. So, like, I, I'm very excited to see somebody with a psychology background writing characters like this. It just sounds so fascinating. Oh, amazing. Yeah, no, don't worry. I'll watch it and I'm going to get back to you guys. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, so another slightly off topic question for SP. <laughs> this was started out as a joke question and then I didn't understand that it was a joke. <laughs> so now it's just in here and we're going to ask it. What is your take on lens flares and crossfades? <laughs> <laughs> we have a history of, see, Caitlin has a history of just Don't going influence off. It's the answer. <laughs> yeah, shh. Caitlin has opinions. We want to get your opinion. Yeah. So what's your opinion? And then we'll let uh, Caitlin tell well, you hers. Crossfades are okay as a joke, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the right answer. <laughs> uh, Crossfade is like the equivalent of like a star coming in at the end, right? Like that's like how I see that. And then um, lens flares, you have to be careful. Um, they're, they can be great depends on the kind of lenses you're shooting on. Um, if you are on something 
there's a lot of there's we could go for hours about lenses but if you were on good <laughs> well hey girl let's go um <laughs> the, like if you're on something like what you would call like a jj abrams anamorphic right that's got a really aggressive uh flare across all the way right because the anamorphics are the ones that flare with the the line across i see and i'm not going to say the exact films but it's been happening more recently where they're uh, people are not careful where that happens. And then it'll be like right across someone's face, which is not right. less than ideal. Don't love that journey for us, but I do love a good lens flare depending on the vibe, right? So if like you're in a romantic scene or, um, or a night scene or something, and you can get a nice bloom across, I think moving through light pools is really fun and a flare can be a good way to do that. I I am not um I am not a flare or lens purist. I like dirty stuff. So I like it when it's you know a little messed up like you know a little something on the lens, something catches something, you know what I mean? It feels more like you're in a scene like you're actually doing something versus you know I'm not all flare all flares all the time and you're not even you can't even see it. It's like you're looking through plastic or something, but Okay, so what are your thoughts on flares and, so <laughs> and, dissolved, and dissolved transitions? <laughs> dissolved transitions. Uh, first, for lens flares, we, we've watched a few shows recently, and it just seems to be such a big thing coming back recently. Like, there was one show on Netflix that every single scene has oh my 12 lens flares in it. It's everything. Everything. <laughs> try to figure out why that's relevant and like why that's needed. Okay, well, I can tell, I can shed a little light. So there's some <laughs> silly, stupid stuff that happens sometimes in, in DP stuff, in the DP land, um, which is that, so most DPs are super uh, scientific people. It's very techy, um, very purist in a way, like, you know, or at least you know the rules to break, right? Um, but, sometimes things get sexy like people i call them cheats right like for a while shooting in black and white was a cheat right like you would get into more festivals if you shot in black and white terrible choice i don't know why you would do that but it was a thing so it's like there's there's these little things sometimes these little um i don't know what you would call it like a trend cinema cinematography where if a DP hat, like if a director's like, I like flares or I like only shooting wide open so that everything's like blurry in the background, then they'll, the director will go look for a DP who has that. So then if a DP already has all of those and they're like, I want this to be flary. And like, that's the only thing they say that you can't you end up with some guy <laughs> who only does flares. So that's why. All flares <laughs> all the time. Might have been the only direction that DP was given. Listen, I just want flares. And they're like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely the top of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, so you love dissolved transitions? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I had editing classes in college. And uh, one of the first things that was drilled into us that uh, – crossfades are lazy editing and that there's like specific times where it would make sense but then you start noticing that everybody does them and yeah. they don't make sense no it's lazy it's it, lazy 
It's uneducated editors. So you should be getting in there and editing. Hey, Caitlin. I love <laughs> editing. Yeah. Great. So Look at this hot I'm take. glad to uh, know that <laughs> my education is correct. It is. <laughs> yeah. Knowledge is. No, dissolved transitions are. Oh, no, no good. Basically, or what did you call uh, them? Crossfades? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, crossfade. Um, basically, the only time that it's plausible is if to show the passage of time. Interesting. That's what I was taught. Yeah, you could do that. Book. Sometimes if you're coming out like a dream sequence, you could do it. Um, but yeah, no, generally, I mean, it's like, uh, oh man, I don't even know. Yeah. It, it's like, yeah, lazy, it's lazy. It means you didn't do your job on a real transition or like you didn't think about how you were going to shoot mm -hmm. the thing and you're trying to ease that realization for your audience, <laughs> basically. There was some film, Bray. Do you remember what it was? Listen, oh, I don't remember the name of it, but thing. I remember every single scene. It was like Crossfade City and oh my god the dream there were dream there was like a dream sequence in it or at the start i don't remember it was a interesting movie we'll just put it that way i think someone was drunk when they shot it and edited it oh wow well if you remember just shoot us an email <laughs> i will because well, we watched it together like on that whole little like prime you can watch with somebody else oh, and yeah. then because we were like oh it's a queer film let's watch it and there was rage to be had there was we were raging for days <laughs> anyway we should probably get back to the actual film now <laughs> thank you for validating yes. caitlin <laughs> yes you. thank you for that uh so sanaz why do you think that this is the best time to produce this film oh i mean there <laughs> I mean, almost every day, <laughs> if you go on social media or anything, you're just going to see another canceled show. And uh, if you go into that canceled show, you end up seeing that, well, it's not your cookie cutter relationships and characters in that show. It's very, you know, very diverse, like for starts. And um, I th and especially, I mean, let's be a friend, like there's a lot of sapphic shows being canceled i mean one of them one of my really like favorite shows of warrior none i mean you guys know i <gasps> talked about it you guys know. Yes. but i'm so happy that it was not revived and saved which is i mean so amazing and i think also just seeing how dedicated fans are on trying to fight for something they really love and this is, i think like this is the first time i've seen like a movement of just fans being like no like we love this show like we need to fight for the show and i think that and i remember i was also like telling my mom like every day like oh this is what's happening now with it and you know I got to the point too like where I was so excited to create a story that there's going to be people that really love the story and really want to watch it because they're passionate about it and I knew I had to write a story that is going to relate to so many people but has such a unique perspective of representation especially for women and I just love the idea that I put a love story in there it wasn't on this story wasn't supposed to be a love story in the beginning it was just I mean the log line literally was a girl has to escape from a cult leader <laughs> like that was it that's what I told Colette at the time and Colette was like okay great <laughs> diving forward for that <laughs> and she, I know and she and I was like oh lord like I have to think about it now but it was so easy for me to then just go on my phone, look outside and see what I had to do. And I knew I had to write a story where two girls are falling in love and they're trying to 
beat a battle that is, you know, maybe not the easiest battle to beat, but it, it's, it happens because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's what you are and what your identity is. And it's just going to show how love really like prevails. So, yeah. You know, I'll also jump in and just say like, uh, as far as the time of that we're in, um, it's an amazing time to be supporting independent film right now. Uh, mm -hmm. considering the large streamers have steamrolled all independent thought and independent creation and are trying to suck the lifeblood out of creators and make them a widget in a machine. So now is a really great time to be supporting independent, true independent film with independent thought, uh, because uh, we, we're in the fight for our lives right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's an uphill battle for sure very much so well art is anyway but you know especially right now yeah um sorry we're trying to figure something out why hold on <laughs> why is lgbtq plus representation important to you I, uh, I personally, I love to write from different perspectives and backgrounds. And I think like, you know, I come from a place where I love to, I'm very, I love to be so diverse and open and especially in my culture, I'm Persian. So it's uh, also like breaking boundaries on writing stories that is not really typical in my culture. But um, I love just the idea of being so welcoming. And I think the LGBT community is so open and I love that. And I love to just uh, be a part of a time where we're so not concentrated on this is like how life is supposed to be, right? There's, it's, it's no black and white. And I think everyone can relate to the idea that you can you can love whoever you want. And I'm so passionate about that. I love to, you know, even connect with people, even if it's platonic love or romantic love. I love the idea that, you know, being in a community, like LGBT community is so opening to different, you know, types of people. And it's just something that I always wanted to support and just have like, create a voice. And I knew when I was wanting to become a writer that I wanted to be also that vessel as well. And it's, um, it's just, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just so much love that goes into it too. Like, I feel like a lot of times, like, yeah, like there's so much representation, but I think it's just the idea that the whole love is love that whole theme in itself is just amazing to even understand and talk about. That's awesome. We definitely couldn't agree more. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I know I'll, I'll jump in on that as well. Yeah. Like, uh, so for me, I mean, I've been involved in a lot of, uh, LGBTQ projects. Um, I'm not, I, I don't, think labels are cool. Honestly, I think that everybody's story needs to be told. I get annoyed that there's not enough, uh, LGBTQ stories about people just being people. And like, yeah. this is people in a cult and there's like violence and stuff. So like, this is just people being people finding love where you yeah. love. And I think that it's really important to tell stories like that, not stories that are centered on 
Like, I don't want the story to be about the fact that these two women love each other. Like that's the story, right? But that's incidental. They just happen to be gay. That's just part of what the story is. It's not the story. The story is not the yeah. coming out part of it, right? That they just are gay. That's it. And I think that it's so, so, so important to tell stories like that because that's how we don't make that the center of attention, right? That's how we make it be a part of the great quilt of the world. It's just, these are all, everybody is who they are in the world, right? So I think it's super, super important. And I mean, I'm involved in a feature right now that's also not to go off, but it's a Christmas feature uh, with uh, two women that love each other at the center. Um, really fun. We're trying to get that made too, but you know, but like these, these are stories that need to be, these are stories that need to be told, right? So I think that Sanaz has done an amazing job of writing a story where these two women who are badasses just also happen to be gay. I mean, yeah, no, that's, thank you. Can you see that? SP is my cheerleader. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to come back and talk to us about this Christmas movie, though. <laughs> I know. I, Trust I like me, Christmas. y'all. It's. Mm. <laughs> It was almost made. It was all, it was this close to being made right before like the economy tanked. And then everybody, mm. you know, ah. we almost had a really, really good gay Christmas movie. Oh, damn it. You know, we need more of those. It'll come. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, we're really Thank excited. You guys for sh- yeah, thank you guys for sharing all about this project and and your your take on it. It sounds truly truly amazing. Um, so f- we know a little bit, but for the listeners out there, how can people support the Color House at this stage? Yeah, honestly, it's a uh, it's about getting our name out there, getting the project out there, which means spreading the word, right? You, we would love you know we have different social media outlets, so we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. And um, you can find everything also like in uh, the link in the campaign site on Seed and Spark, which is great. And just being able to press that follow button, right, on both the campaign, different social medias, and then just keep spreading the word, sharing with your friends and family, post about it. Uh, I mean, obviously don't, right? And we have pretty cool incentives right now on the uh, Seed and Spark fundraising. So if people want to get more involved, even with the project, they can check it out. And, you know, there's different tiers. And we even have a really cool one that's uh, you can visit the set. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's very we want to be very immersive with it as well. And uh, the more people we have involved, it's it's a, we're going to like have a pretty nice community that's uh, going to love the story as well. But and then SB, if you have like sure you have better ways well, I'm thinking you're doing such a good job yeah i think yeah, I think, yeah the biggest thing um i know that we're going to be doing some special initiatives coming forward like we just finished our first week um traditionally the middle two weeks are the difficult part of the raise so if anybody's really excited reach out to us about how we can do like matching for fundraising and things like that or if there's anything special you would like uh, to see in the film or your name or anything like that. These are all things that we can have conversations about. So we're just really excited. We're at 10%, I think, right now, right, Sanaz? We're at 16 now. Oh, <laughs> girl! 
Okay. Yay. <laughs> I checked Which last night. So, but um, we're 16%. <laughs> so uh, we're really excited. And um, yeah, we can't wait to connect with our audience. That's awesome. I'm also yeah. very excited yeah. about this. Uh, let's get this funded because we need to see it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I think Caitlin said it. So, <laughs> uh, before we before we let you go, we want to ask you if you have any final words for our listeners at home. Um, honestly, I, I feel like I just want to like thank everyone, <laughs> and because um, this is obviously this is my first short film, right? And it, this is actually the first script I've ever written, and. Um, which is so, um, like, I feel so many emotions all the time, especially in these past few uh, weeks, because, um, you know, I wrote a story that is I'm really passionate about, and I'm so happy that, and I'm so privileged to have my first script be a movie now. And um, I think just being able to have that is so humbling, but I just want people to also connect with me as well as a writer. And I love to write more stories that people can be inspired by. So I'm a really approachable person as well as what I'm saying. <laughs> and I love to spark conversation with so many different people. So I love to talk about anything. It doesn't just have to be my movie as well, but I would love to be that person in the street that people have a story that's on their mind and or you know a theme and they maybe don't have the voice to put it out there but i like to be a vessel a vessel is what i'm trying to say for people you can you can tell sanaz is a writer you ask her for final words a and little bit. final paragraphs <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final words are follow us on instagram and twitter the color house <laughs> Yes. That, I was just about to say that, so good deal. <laughs> but th we want to thank you guys for coming on and letting us get to know you better and get to know your project better. Uh, we're really excited to, you know, talk about it and see if we can help in any way get the word out. But to everyone listening at home or watching, whatever, follow The Color House on Twitter. It's the underscore color house. So you can get more information there on how to support the project. And until next time, hydrate for lesbian Jesus and gay it up all over the place. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod or email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus. <laughs>